podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are, of course, the flagship show of the 10-12 Network, your place for all sort of Big 12 goodness and partners. With Sports Drink, your source for all things sports and non-sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us this Thursday, it's Thursday. That means we are making picks for every Big 12 game, and I never do this alone. You're welcome. Joining me as they do every week, our pro picker himself, Daniel Alexander. Hey, I got, uh, after last week, I've got some job applications out, looking, uh, you know, anyone hiring, I'm ready. <laughs> In this economy, you shouldn't have any issues finding a job. I think everyone's looking for employees. <laughs> I uh, should be light enough to take you. Uh, of course, the other uh, fellow picker we have each week is our good friend, the LGGOG himself, Chris Ross. Yeah, I'm ready to go. If you guys need help with your picks this week, just let me know. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, it's uh, it's fair. You won last week. We'll get to that. So you're welcome to gloat. I just, you know, gloating on this show has a history of not working out the following week. Uh, we are not alone this week. It is a light card, and when we have a light card, I like to bring on a, on a friend uh, to come and do some picks with us today. Joining us, uh, he is a many-time guest here on the show, and I don't know if this is a first-time picker or if you have picked with us in the past, but our good friend Keegan Renault is joining us again. Keegan, welcome. As always, appreciate it. Always glad to join along, and I think I will join with Daniel in saying yeah, the last uh, four weeks of college football have absolutely ripped me apart. However, I will say there's a lot of variance at play in that. There's been a lot of crazy outcomes that I've chosen to pick games that have had the opposite of what should happen. But uh, we'll roll with that. I think I'm 52 and 69 on the year against the number across the board. But I'm glad I get to isolate myself into some picks here where I'm not like picking games on my own. Um, so maybe I'll have some success this week. Well, you do get a non-Big 12 game, so you can go as sicko mode as you want on that or not at all. Uh, of course, we, uh, we just said we do every Big 12 game here. Uh, before we get to our picks, okay, so Keegan, I'm glad you're here. I know this is something that you are somewhat familiar with as well. And, and, and Daniel, I want to talk about this. Uh, latest odds as far as Big 12 title. Now, I saw the odds from Caesars, which came out on Monday. Very different, or at least slightly different than the odds that I found from Bet Online today as of the time of recording this on Wednesday. Uh, on Monday, Caesars Alliance had TCU as the favorite plus 115. Texas at plus 250. Oklahoma State at plus 300. Kansas State at plus 800, everyone else. Uh, Baylor was next at plus 2,000. Everyone else was far greater than that. Today, at the time of recording this, TCU is plus 130. Oklahoma State at plus 275. Texas at plus 350. So OSU and Texas swapped. Uh, Kansas State at plus 450, not nearly as valuable as they were on Monday, unless Caesars' numbers remain the same. Baylor at plus 2,000, everyone else way back. And I'm not going to include everybody else's numbers because I don't think anybody else in the Big 12 is in a viable spot to even make the title game, let alone win it. Daniel, I don't don't know how much you you do betting as far as conference championships are concerned. I, I know we've talked about this some. Like, at this point, do you see any value in anybody if you wanted to make a pick or put some money down right now today? 
probably the same team. Um, so before the season starts, I usually like to grab a team or two where uh, I do see value. I don't know if you recall, uh, and I've got some real money down. K State, we had them around like twenty to one, you know, plus two thousand before the year. Um, you know, like you just read off, they're sort of sitting in that sort of plus five hundred to plus eight hundred range across a couple books. So obviously, we've got some good value there. I still think if you could get somewhere around that eight to one, you know, K State's not a bad draw. They're 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 playing well. They're running the ball well. Um, you know, they're they're two quarterback injuries in one game away from being the favorite, right? I mean, they had an eighteen point lead last week, and uh, we'll get into that brutal beat later, but. You know, K State eight to Let's one. Not. We don't have to get into that. We don't. We don't have to get into it. You know, I, like like TCU at, at basically even money. Like, why even bother? Right? Just just go ahead and you know, there'll probably be a short line in the championship game. So it's like just save your money and maybe money line them there and just see where they end up. They might even be a dog in the championship game. Whoever they end up playing. So skip that big fave. Yeah, K State eight to one. There's probably your your real value. Keegan, you got any thoughts? I would stay away from conference odds in the Big 12 for at least one more week. Um, and you may hear a dinging here in a second. Hopefully you don't. And I, of course, let the uh, door open for the dogs. But, but no, I, I would not. I think there's too much unknown. Um, last weekend, we were very close to just opening this entire thing up. And hopefully I can walk and do this all nice and fine without it being too noisy. But I think like the biggest thing with the big 12 is that there are some outcomes. If you looked at last weekend, if you would have gotten a Kansas state win over TCU, I mean, you're looking at more than likely finding a team with that has three losses playing in the big 12 title game after all the tiebreakers and everything that comes with it. So, you know, I don't think there's a ton of value in the conference odds, but I, I will say like the Texas stuff is really interesting um, in the way that it's played out. Uh, because that game against Alabama, when you look across the broader market, specifically with models and data, the Alabama performance against Mississippi State last week defensively after the Tennessee's uh, game uh, really elevated Alabama and all the teams that they have played to this point. So Texas got a, a nice little upgrade, and specifically SP Plus, it got the biggest one over at ESPN, but with Bill Connolly. So, you know, I think that there's still some like if I, I'm not going to jump into conference odds right now, as you know, Philip. Yeah. I mean, I was basically not, I don't place any real money. Daniel also wants you to hear this. I don't place any real money because it's illegal for me to do it for my job. But if I could have bought the entire city of Manhattan at like the ninth best odds in the conference to win the league this summer, I was trying to do so. So uh, I still feel pretty strongly about Kansas state. Their profile is about what I expected to start the year um, and where they're at right now. Um, and then just kind of the outcomes thing here. If Kansas State had won last weekend, and if Oklahoma State wins this weekend, this whole thing could just unwind um, and be really, really fun here the final four games. I still think there's plenty of opportunity for fun for the end of the season. I mean, it, no matter who wins this weekend, you still have – Texas still has to play Kansas State and TCU. Baylor still has Kansas State and TCU and Texas on their schedule. And, and – we said it on Monday. I'm not ready to put Baylor back in, even as like outside shot, but we have to have, we can't just completely cut them out until they lose again. Now they might, and we'll talk about that obviously uh, this weekend in Lubbock in the butt bowl, 
But Baylor still kind of controls their own destiny the rest of the way because of the teams that they have left on the schedule in front of them. And as you mentioned, tiebreakers, I think, are going to come into play a lot as to who gets to the title game this season. It's why this weekend's Oklahoma State-Kansas State game matters so much. It's why Kansas State and Texas the following weekend is going to matter so much. It's just like tiebreakers are going to matter. They mattered last year. They're going to matter this year probably even more so. So like every week is – I thought somebody – I think it was uh, Robbie Triano of, of Big 12 Radio on SiriusXM was like, what's the biggest game left on the schedule? And I was like, can I just do biggest game each week? Because there's no way to pick one because every week there's a new – big game for the big 12 that could decide the outcome. And I think it's going to be that way all the way until the final game of the season, potentially in the regular season. I agree with you completely. And, and again, you just want to get down the sicko well here and just start going through some outcomes in the big 12. Like if Oklahoma state this weekend, Oklahoma state still has to go on the road to Norman. Right. And not sitting here saying like Oklahoma is going to figure some things out, but you know, I, I, if I do have a take, of potential value rising you get one outcome this weekend which is an Oklahoma State win in Manhattan and you start to put a pathway to maybe Oklahoma finding a way to get themselves back into that conversation they'd probably need Texas to lose a couple games too um but if you get through three three lost teams in Oklahoma Oklahoma State and Kansas State you know you have some opportunity there and I think they're a seventh or eighth in the big 12 odds so that's the only one but I, I I would just specifically say at least from like a gambling perspective here like I don't know if the big 12 conference is the one to I, there's not enough edge or confidence of me and any team to sit here and say that team's going to go on a run and win the big 12 title um, outside of TCU basically being a lock um, at this point to make it unless that they fall this week or next week then that opens up some conversations for some really weird uh, outcomes in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay. You know what? Let's look at last week. Let's see what happened. Uh, you know what? Chris has been bragging. <laughs> he deserves to do so. He was our big winner last week. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Chris went five and four. The only person to finish with a winning record last week. Man, every time I do this, in, why are you changing it to a date? I want it to just be... Hold on just a second. I'm make it a gonna, text field. I know to make it a text <laughs> field. Okay. But no, just to talk on that. I mean, five and four is not great. And I would just be like, eh. But anytime I take multiple games on, on you and Phil or you and Daniel, then uh then I do feel good about that. This is being annoying. I'll deal with it later. Uh so you went five and four hit on TCU minus three and a half, hit on Texas Tech minus six and a half, hit on Liberty plus seven, hit on East Carolina plus five and hit on Wake minus 20 and a half versus Boston College. Your misses were Kansas plus eight versus Baylor, Cincinnati minus three and a half versus SMU. We all got that one wrong. Thanks at Cincinnati. Uh, <clears throat> missed on Navy plus three against Houston and missed on Texas minus six against Oklahoma State. So like I said, five and four last week brings your total to 35, 39 and one. Uh, I came in second with a wonderful three, five, and one. There are now, we have six, like, pushes this season. I think that's the most pushes we've ever had, like, of all previous seasons combined. I don't know how this keeps happening, but it has. Uh, I hit on Houston minus three versus Navy. Hit on the over 54 in TCU Kansas State and hit on Oklahoma State plus six in Texas OSU. Push on over 58 in Baylor, Kansas. That was the total was 58. Hit a missed on Cincinnati minus three and a half. Again, thanks a lot, Cincinnati. We all lost on that one. Missed on West Virginia plus six and a half for Texas Tech. Missed on BYU minus seven versus Liberty. Missed on UCF minus five versus ECU. And missed on UAB plus two versus Western Kentucky. 
Another bad beat there. UAB should have had that one. Then Parker tweeted about it, and so I will blame Parker for it. Uh, three, five, and one last week brings my total to 34, 39, and two. Dude, I don't like this pushes. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why I believed in UCF last week. I, 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 they fooled me. They will not fool me again. Don't don't worry. <laughs> these these four incoming schools outside of Cincinnati don't trust them to win big. But the other ones, I don't trust any of you at all. You're not. You're all on probation for the time being. Uh, Daniel, ooh, sorry, bud. One seven and one last week. Not a great week. Oh, are you, oh man, are you sure about that? Double check that. You well, let's run down the list here. Uh, you, hit on, you hit on Vandy plus fourteen versus Missouri. Good job. Your push was the under fifty-eight in Baylor, Kansas, because they scored fifty-eight. Your misses were Cincinnati minus three and a half. Missed on the under fifty-one and a half in Houston Navy. Missed on Kansas State plus three and a half. Missed on West Virginia plus six and a half. Missed on Texas minus six. Missed on BYU minus seven. And missed on UCF minus five. Fun fact about last week. There were one, two, three, four occurrences where two of us picked one side and one picked the other. The one who picked the other other in all of those was the one who won. Daniel uh, was in agreement on every single one of those. There was some there was some there was some bad beats. Like there were some bad losses. BYU, like I said, I, I hope they're withdrawing uh from joining the Big Twelve because they're not ready. Uh, you know, they can go check. Maybe, maybe the fun belt will take them or something like that. But um, UCF, I knew they'd have trouble with ECU's O-line, but look, just bad bet. ECU stepped up and uh, did the job. Uh, Texas, you know, they got gundied. See you later. Hey, but look, Kansas State up 18. And they're not covering three and a half. Give me a break. Uh, we had that Navy under, late touchdown, screwed us. And Cincinnati, was that game was like <laughs> – they, I don't want to talk about the final drive. That fi- like I'm sitting there watching uh, it, and I'm like, "You all, you got all three's got to land here. There's no way they're not covering three. And then what? I think they got 40 plus yards of penalty yardage on that final uh, scoring so drive. Ugly. Oh. Well, and the thing is, they were up 15 with like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like six minutes to go or something. They're up 15 points. It's like okay, they were cruising the whole game, and then it's like, oh, what's that? Dan picked Cincinnati uh, on the podcast. Okay, guys, real quick, let's not cover this game. Let's make sure we win though. And so made sure I got the loss and they got off the field and whatever tough week. It's just about how you bounce back, dude. You know, it's like when you're, when you get slammed like that, making a bunch of picks, can you just, can you come back and try to write the ship? We'll see what we got this week. Now, Hey, we got a competition now. Now, now this is like a three-way race here. Yes. Cause your total is now 35, 37 and three. We're all right there. I will say this, that, that drive, SMU gets the touchdown, and I'm like, please just get the two point conversion because that, that <laughs> like, the worst thing that could happen is they don't convert the two the two points, and then Cincinnati just hangs onto the ball and wins by two. And of course, SMU can't convert, and Cincinnati wins by two as opposed to tying it up. And then, well, we might get a touch. No, literally, could just like great, good Cincinnati. Thank you for winning your game again. I'm I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. This is what I get for for trusting you. With I'm like. I don't trust them to have a big score, but three and a half, they can do that. Mm. All right. Uh, we have picks for this week, like we said. Uh, Keegan will be joining us, and we will get to that here in just a minute. Hey, this is Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast. I host a show with my brother, Eric Steyer, and the two of us were raised in the ISU athletic department, as my mom has coached women's basketball for over 20 years. 
Our involvement didn't stop there, and I've been a radio analyst for Cyclone Women's Basketball since 2019, and Eric spent his 2018 to 2022 years as a walk-on on the men's side. We get together each week to talk about what's happening in the world of Cyclone sports, whether that be current seasons, former players, or whatever else we find to be of interest. We'd love to have you join us. The Cyclone Family Podcast. When you listen, your family. Do you think Olive Garden can sue me for that? I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well, if all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. All right, you boys ready to go? Yeah, let's ready do it. Rock. All right. That's what I like to hear. All right, we are kicking things off with a future Big 12 member. We do this in chronological order, other than our game of the week, which we throw in somewhere randomly. This game is being played on Friday, so it is first up. BYU hosting East Carolina, coming off their big upset win over UCF. BYU currently a... Why did they just disappear on me? This website drives me nuts. Okay. BYU is a three-point favorite over East Carolina at home in Provo, over-under at about 62. Keegan, as our uh, as our guest this week, you have the privilege of going first here, sir. What would you like? Oh, we're doing just the BYU game, right? Yeah, just going just, down in order? We're just going to these games in order. So right God. now we're just talking BYU-ECU. I would like to see BYU's injury report. I hinted at it <laughs> early this week that there are some games that I have some eyes on that I would like to see some injury reports as we go throughout the week uh, to get a good feel for it. I've gone one. I've made one decision injury-wise, uh, trying to project it out with Spencer Sanders' injury uh, against TCU. And <clears throat> TCU still didn't cover four and a half despite winning that game. So it, it's an interesting one. East Carolina last weekend, I think a lot of people in the data space were pretty shocked at UCF and how strongly they had been rated heading into the East Carolina game. Um, I don't have a good feel on this game. Um, I'll be completely honest about it. BYU is the better team. I think BYU has probably had the best quarterback on the field in every game that they have played. Uh, obviously, the rest of the roster has been hurt. Um, and so that is obviously a big conversation with this game. Um, and then... Again, how like how do you look at that, Matt? Like, what do you look at the line at, right? Like, if East Carolina doesn't come out last weekend and take care of UCF, like, where is this line at? Um, and then you kind of flip it back with the BYU Liberty game. So I don't have necessarily good feel on a side or total in this game until I saw some injuries. Um, but ultimately, I think BYU is going to be fine. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll give me BYU and the points in this one. I think they'll bounce back. All right. Uh, Chris, you, uh, you won last week, so you are next up, sir. Yeah. I mean, Daniel kind of hinted at this earlier. What, I don't know what BYU was doing last week to get boat raced by Liberty, even at Liberty. 
I mean, I, I'm the one who took Liberty, and I thought maybe they they can pull off the win at home, but not. I didn't see it in that fashion. In in injuries, yeah, it seems like something else is going on at BYU. Like something in the locker room, something like they're just a team without focus, a team without confidence. In ECU, a couple wins under their belt, getting their feet underneath them. I don't like that it's in Provo, but I also don't like what's going on with BYU right now. I'm going to take ECU to to get the cover. Okay, very nice. Uh, well, we don't have a full injury report yet. We do know that for BYU, leading receiver Cody Epps and running back Chris Brooks, leading rusher Chris Brooks, will both be out for the game on Friday. This is a beat-up BYU team who will be going in a short week to play on Friday. Not super short, but it is still a Friday game. ECU on the road, like they're better than I thought they would be this season. They're at least interesting and fun. I... I'm having a hard time trusting BYU. Other thing is, you know, we talk about our schedule rating. We post our schedule rating Wednesday out on Twitter. Uh, and if you have not seen it, it's very simple. You look at it, it's color. Every game is color-coded. Gold is good. Blue is bad. Darker gold is the best. Darker blue is the worst. And so it's a good way, similar to what the college football playoff committee views, as a way of gauging how your your schedule stacks up. Uh, now they use red-green, but we're not going to use red-green because it's a colorblind issue, so we're not going to use it. When I look at BYU's schedule so far this season, the only good team, the only team in gold they have beaten is Baylor at home way back in week two. Everyone else is blue. They've lost to every other gold team. So every other good team they face, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Liberty, Oregon, they have lost to this season. ECU, well, they're in gold. In fact, they're a darker gold. They're a higher rated team due to composite ratings than BYU is. Now, part of that, of course, BYU is 4-4. Four and four. Uh, East Carolina is, I'm going to find the record as soon as I can. It doesn't seem to want to find it for me. Why is it? I can't. Oh, <laughs> East is five and three. East Carolina is literally one spot ahead of BYU on the composite ranking. So uh, BYU at home, leading rusher, leading receiver out. Chris, I'll agree with you. I'll take ECU plus three. I don't love this, but I also don't love the spot for BYU without two of their top weapons on a short week, as beat up as this team is. Uh, Keegan, you noted before the show, and I think you're right, this is not the same BYU team that we thought we would have coming into the season. It's just it's just not. Uh, no matter how many guys they're getting back this week, that, that none of them are 100%. They're just well enough to play. So I know injuries are a part of college football, but man, BYU, it's just this, this season is not what it could have been had they been able to stay healthy. Uh, Daniel, that leaves you, sir. BYU is 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. They are just – they're real and man. Uh, I have no no real take on this game. I'm going to stay far away. Uh, both these teams burned me in different ways last week. I just have no interest, not on my card. But with that said, we got to pick something tonight, right? So ECU looked great. BYU looked terrible. ECU is, you know, metrically right now maybe the more popular team, the hotter team to back. So why in the world is BYU a three-point favorite, right? It's like, what? These guys not only have to win, they have to go win this game, you know, by some margin here. Doesn't make any sense. So give it to me. BYU minus three. I'm so glad I'm not, I don't have a penny on this game. I hate both these teams this week. After all that, you're going to ride with BYU. It makes no sense. <laughs> ECU look great. I, I, I like it. Beaters. If it was a three, like a, if if it was three and on one, I was going to hate my pick. But I, I, I like. Thank you for splitting it. I mean, seriously, BYU looked awful. 
blown out against the spread, blown out in real life, embarrassed, fly home, short week, ECU coming off a great win, great team win, great team defense last week with ECU. Man, they did an awesome job. They go on a short week. It's like everything's pointing to East Carolina. So, of course, let's take BYU, who's favored by three. And to kind of even add on that, at least from my end, I have this game at five. So I was not surprised too much to see it come out that way, but I don't have any confidence in where I have BYU slotted right now. I can tell you that. There we go. I like it. We got a, we got an even split here. Two on ECU, two on BYU. All right, let's move on down the list to another incoming AAC to Big 12 member. That is Houston facing South Florida. Houston, a 17-and-a-half point favorite at home. Over, under in this one is 61 that's gone quite up a bit uh chris sir you are first up what would you like not to pick on this game because i don't believe in houston like every time i pick that i don't know if i've won a single pick (laughs) when when houston's involved i i was looking yeah um man i mean houston should be the heavy favorite you would think they could this is probably a three-score game, 17 and a half. I mean, it requires a three-touchdown. Hmm. I don't like it. Over under 61. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go over. I'm going to take the over. because Just because I don't like either side. I mean, UCF or USF is not good. But Houston's too inconsistent to believe in anything they're doing. So yeah, I give. I mean, maybe some points. I'll I'll take over the sixty-one. Sir, I don't I don't appreciate that. Uh, don't. It's not. It's not what I wanted you to say. Uh, <laughs> I gotta keep this half game lead I have on you. Because I too wanted the over. Um, man, USF is bad. They're real bad. They're down bad, bad. Gary Bohannon is out for the season. Uh, their head coach is on. Is, that seat isn't hot. That that seat is is molten lava. But they were playing okay, and then Gary got hurt, and so now he may survive for another year. I don't trust Houston for squat. Um, my problem with the over because the over has been very good with Houston. Uh, based off closing line numbers, six and one, the over is. But the problem with that is it's 61 right now. And the last four and one, and over is four and one in the last five games. And those totals have all been in the 50s, not at 61. Mmm. 58, Houston's going to have to do most of the heavy lifting if they're going to hit that over. I don't want to touch Houston as a favorite by that much ever for any reason against any team. I don't trust them. I am actually going to go the other way and take the under. Um, I'm Houston will have to do all the heavy lifting. I don't trust USF's offense to do much of anything. Could 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 Houston put up 50-something points on this game? Sure, they could. USF's pretty bad. Houston will be at home. 
but I'm going to take the under. I think it. I don't think it quite reaches that because I just don't think South Florida can do enough to help get it there. So, Daniel, just because I look, we all know Dana listens to the pod. Okay, yes. we all know he Habit. just he he his game script is just in spite of me. Okay, so <laughs> oh, it's so true. I hope I see him in an airport or something one day just to confirm it, but <laughs> yeah. this South Florida team, they rallied really hard and they played Cincinnati so well a few weeks ago. They played that game close, but you go look at anyone else that they, you know, East Carolina, Louisville, Tulane. I mean, these are sort of middling teams. A few of these teams are sort of right in the same wheelhouse as Houston, as far as like my ratings and metrics go. I hate Houston. No, I can't do it. I'm taking South Florida. I was literally about to take Houston. This is another game I'm not going to have a penny on. You talk about a team I just hate, Houston. God, they burned me so bad last week. I had real money on that under. No, no, I can't take Houston. We're going South Florida, 17 and a half. This guarantees Houston covers the spread. (laughs) South Florida, give them to me. They're gonna they're gonna score a last minute touchdown just to spite you. I mean, that's uh, for that's sure. what it is with Houston. It really doesn't <laughs> matter if you pick with them or against them; they will screw you. Uh, Chris, you are winless when you pick Houston. The only times you haven't, uh, you picked Kansas and won. You picked a total and won. And I think you picked Houston once, and it was uh, uh, it was a push. Uh, Keegan, you're up, sir. Well, I picked Navy last week and lost. Well, there you go. I'm on Daniel's side a little bit here. I think whenever you look at Houston, are they 17 points better than anybody on their schedule? I'm not sure of that. Uh, I'm unsure that Houston is unable to, you know, is able to play clean football. Also, at the same time, too, I just want to talk about Navy for a second because it's an important conversation regarding SMU as well. Like that game, like SMU's defense completely let Navy back into that game a couple weeks ago. And I think that's why you saw such a short line um, against Houston last weekend, as well as that Houston struggled uh, against a triple option offense in Kansas, specifically the linebackers and safeties were very undisciplined. So with all that being said, uh, I don't know if there's a big drop off between Gary Bohannon and any backup quarterback in the country, maybe except for Davis Bevel at Oklahoma. And so (laughs) I, you know, I don't know, but I don't know if you, I don't think Houston's 17 and a half points better than anybody. So I will, uh, I'll take South Florida in a little interesting spot here where Houston's just way too inconsistent for my liking and Navy's defense is really bad. I mean, that's a defense that Tanner Mordecai just went up and down the field on the entire game and ran past it. Um, didn't ju- not just not just throwing, but he ran all over him too. So uh, I I'm going to take South Florida um, and the point, or I'm going to take South Florida as an underdog here. I think it's at 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. So I'll uh, I'll feel I'll feel good about that. I I don't have it as a pick this week, but it was something I was a little bit monitoring. I I know people are like immediately adjusting South Florida based off the quarterback replacement, but I just think it's too many points. Fair enough. All right, moving on down. A Big 12 team, current TCU, undefeated overall, undefeated in Big 12 play, going on the road to West Virginia as a seven and a half point favorite over under at 69. Nice. Uh, oh, it's me. It's me first. Oh, you know what? I'm like, West Virginia is not as bad as they looked against Texas Tech. I know West Virginia fans are down bad. They're down real bad. They're down so bad. Uh, and I get it. This season is not going well, 
West Virginia's going bowling would be an absolute miracle for West Virginia at this point. I don't care how up and down and crazy it is. West Virginia is just, unfortunately this year, the worst team in a deep and really good Big 12 conference. That doesn't mean you're a bad team. It just means you're the worst team in a talented conference. Talked about this on Monday. Put the sound clip out. I still think if West Virginia was playing in the ACC, they'd be going bowling. I think if they were playing the Pac-12, they'd probably have a pretty good chance of going bowling. It's not going to happen in the Big 12. It's just too deep. There's enough bad teams in the Pac-12. Keegan giving me some weird stink eye right now. Like, you, the, West Virginia would be fine if they had some Arizonas, Arizona States, Colorados. <laughs> this is a team that needed to rely on turnovers to beat the crap out of a bad Virginia Tech team. I don't know if I'm too high much on And it had a Virginia weird, ball. fluky turnover away from beating Pitt. And like we just needed one stop to be – like, I get it, but they're not bad. I'm not saying that they're great. They're in the gold, so they're not a bad team. They're not bad till they're in the blue. They're in the gold. We're good to go. So all that said, like at some point, TCU, nah, this ain't the game. I'll just take TCU. I'm I'm not, I'm making life easy. Uh, I'll go ahead and make it quick. Yeah. Take TCU minus seven. This line makes no sense. I've got TCU. <laughs> I think I've got this line at like five to six points higher. So I will, uh, I still see the value. I don't. I don't get the number at all. Makes no sense to me. But I will uh, go ahead and get out of get out of the way quickly because I don't have much of a much of a stance besides the fact that I don't think West Virginia is a very good football team. So I will uh, I'll like TCU by more than a touchdown. Uh, we agree, Chris. Anyway, j- just so we're clear, we're seven and a half now, right? Are we yes, seven or we're seven? seven and a half? Okay, we're seven, seven and a half. half. Does that change your opinion, Keegan? The hook. I think you can get it at seven right now somewhere. I was just look. I just had it pulled up. Give me a sec. But if it's at seven and a half, I mean, either I don't care either or I'd take it. I mean, so, someone on earth is hanging you a juiced up seven, but for Maybe. for all intents and purposes, yeah, five of, dimes has it at fifteen. So yeah, it's that's why seven and a yes. half. It is. <laughs> uh, Chris, what you want? Yeah, I mean, this line is suspicious. So much so that I don't like it. It seems too easy to take TCU. They're coming off a four-game straight stretch of straight top 20 opponents where they went 4-0. They're looking good. But in the Big 12, this is the kind of game that gets you. In, in West Virginia, you know, at home, weird things can happen. The spread is suspiciously low. I also like that the the half point cover there. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take West Virginia. Wow. Bold sir, bold sir. I uh, thought for sure I'd walk into three people taking TCU. <laughs> you were really hoping. But yeah. no, please <laughs> now, now you have to take TCU and and I'm liking it. Uh Daniel, this is why I texted you beforehand about yeah. uh, home dogs coming off blowout losses. What you got so- for me? So I cooked it up for you. And look, this is sort of arbitrary, right? Meaning sure. like, you know, you could, you know, what's a blowout loss? Is it 15? Is it 20? Is it, is it, you know, I, I just chose three touchdowns. So I said, you know, uh, a visitor coming off a, you know, three touchdown or more loss, and then they go home and they're getting seven. Um, not a profitable spot for the home dog here. Like I said, my stuff goes back to 2006. Uh, since then, so if you've got a team that was on the road the week before, lost by 21 or up, comes home, seven-point dog or greater, they are 259 and 302 and nine against the spread. Nice sample, right? We got almost 600 games, but uh, $100 better would be down almost $6,000 taking the home dog. So it's not a profitable spot 
for that home dog to be in. So, you know, again, arbitrary numbers, arbitrary starting points, but it gives us some color of, you know, a, a historical situation that West Virginia is in this week. Sure. So, um, with that said, I, I'm with Keegan. My line's a little closer to like 10 and a half on this for TCU. Um, again, it's one of those things that makes no sense. TCU, hero comeback. A hero cover, actually. Crap, not just the comeback. Down 18, and then they win the game by double digits. Yeah, I was never worried uh, about that big. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah, crazy game. Oh, I, I'm, I'm walking around. I, I'm walking around my hometown here just mumbling to myself like the crazy guy <laughs> who's stuck on some game from 10 years ago. <laughs> Dude. Um, and then West Virginia shows up to Texas Tech. I had them last week. Thought they'd be hanging a little bit, be competitive. Just butts kicked, man. I mean, Texas Tech just woodshedded West Virginia. So, right, none of this makes any sense. Another line that makes no sense at all. It's like I want to take TCU all day long. So for that reason, give me West Virginia, seven and a half. Oh. Dude, it's, TCU's good. They're going to blow them out this game. This is going to be so stupid. <laughs> so why are you taking it? It's fine. Because I, the Big 12 is so weird this year. It's just, it is. And like this, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that Texas TCU is looking ahead to Texas Tech next week. <laughs> I can already see us. We're all going to be texting uh, on Saturday morning, when West Virginia goes up fourteen nothing, like, uh, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, Max Duggan's thrown an interception, yeah. Yeah. and they've had a fumble, or like all the luck just turned yes. over in one game, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think I will point out right now, Beta Rank. I, I know, I think Philip uses or at least looks at what Rob Bowen does over there at Beta Rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, now has Texas Tech as the tenth best team in the country, only using in season data. So, um, wow thought that wow. was a pretty big adjustment and again i don't know how much texas tech's performance against texas right when you start looking down the line with the alabama stuff how much the like strength of schedule and strength of record plays into it but uh texas tech got a huge upgrade at least at one place um that i respect and use frequently so i uh, thought that was interesting but <laughs> i think i've, I've got i think 20... west virginia is a bad football team so i'd wrap that up with that i don't well, think they're very good i've got huh? texas tech at 23 that's my just my own my own numbers. That's where I have Texas Tech. So we have our composite rankings from uh, CFP resume rankings. John Wheeler, our ten twelve stats guy, uh, Texas Tech twenty third. He pulls about forty different ones, including uh, Rob Barron's, Kelly uh, Ford. Uh, we try and get Parker's if we get him in in time, but like we're talking thirty to forty different ones. Texas Tech is twenty third, Kansas State twenty second, Texas twenty fourth. They are all right there in a little collection. I have Tech at forty first still. I didn't adjust a ton from last week, but that could ultimately change here pretty soon. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, okay, you guys see uh, good old Sunny Dykes rocking the Hypnotoad sweater again in the press conference today. It's very cool. Love seeing Hypnotoad. Now look, it's no Hypnotoad. It's not, but. The vintage TCU Horn Frog hoodie that Homefield put out after TCU's win over Kansas State is stinking awesome. In fact, the TCU line, the whole line of TCU gear from Homefield is fantastic. I wore one of my shirts yesterday because it was like two weeks until I should play that. Now I feel safe doing so. But the vintage TCU stuff is great. The frog horn is cool. I I still have the amazing rah-rah horn frog wearing a pimp coat, waving a pennant. I'm sorry, if you don't have a t-shirt of your mascot wearing a pimp coat and waving a pennant, 
Like, I don't know. You just you figure out how to make that happen. Keegan, oh, you could do that with the horse. Put a little pimp coat on a, on a horse. Let him ride the pennant. Old school style. That would work. Oklahoma would have to sell them the licensing stuff to do that first, right? Yeah. Well, no, they have OU. Homefield has... Not all their licensing. No, no, don't no. want to speak for Homefield, but... They don't uh, have all the licensing. They don't have everything for everybody. They're I don't know if I don't know if Homefield got even 50%. Um, but I will uh, leave that conversation up to them. <laughs> the OU collection is also good. The golf tee is awesome. The Sooner Schooner tee is super cool. And, of course, the 2022 OU Softball National Championship t-shirt. Always, uh, always nice to see them pop out some... Na- some National Championship shirts for schools when they win. That is all available at homefieldapparel.com. And you can use our promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and get 15% off your first order. Go do it now. It's the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will ever find. I also suggest if you don't have Oklahoma State in your collection, uh, OSU is very tight-lipped about a special release that they had on Saturday as well, right before kickoff of the homecoming game, which is the helmet that they wore for homecoming, which has the vintage Bucking Bronco logo on the orange helmet with Oklahoma State, both in a t-shirt and as a hoodie. It's the 1960s throwback logo that they wore for homecoming. It's freaking awesome. I think I have that shirt on the way in the mail. I'm looking for my home field bag to show up. It makes my happy. Oh, it makes me happy when a home field bag shows up. So you can get any of those. Of course, every Big 12 school, current and future, is available at Homefield now. Promo code NETWORK12, 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel there is this college football and basketball season. And softball season can't get here soon enough. We love Homefield. I can't help it. It's not just that they ever. They're the best. Out. They are. They just, they care. And Connor and Whitney and everybody over there is so cool and awesome and we love them. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma State, it was going to be UCF Cincinnati and then UCF went and got blown out by East Carolina and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So our game of the week this week, the 10-12 Big 12 game of the week is Oklahoma State on the road versus Kansas State. This is our prize picks game of the week. So that's what we're picking now. Kansas Oklahoma State opened as a favorite. Kansas State now the favorite by a point. And a half. The over-under in this one is 56. 56 and a half. I think if you shop around, you can get that extra point there. Or half a point there. Uh, Daniel, you are up first, sir. What would you like? This is a tough game. I'm going to have no real money on this. This is right down the line. This feels like another, we're going to get another crazy Big 12 matchup this week. Uh, do we know, uh, is Martinez, is he out for sure? Or is, do we know yet? Or has there been an official There's ruling on There's nothing that? official. Yeah, we we are we will know sometime between now and when the game kicks off on Saturday. Oh, crap. Oh. Uh, the, is the backup playing? Or is, is it the third string guy that blew the 18-point lead we, that lost me money? The third string guy was the guy who blew the lead. And the coaching or the, the play calling decision with the third string guy. <laughs> we will know who the starting quarterback is for Kansas state, but sometime between now and when the game kicks off on Saturday, Adrian hey, Martinez Jim. was out on the feet. I, that guy played a, at least one drive. I, I put this out there and Chris and Daniel, I don't know if, where you guys are at with this, but if that Oklahoma state, Texas game and Kansas state TCU game kicked off at the same exact time and Kansas state didn't know the result that Texas had lost, because now all Kansas State barely has to do is win the next two games, and they're and it's not automatically, but they have more favorable schedule. Their final three, um, I thought it was a little bit of gamesmanship. I thought it was, hey, if you're not a hundred percent, we have to win the next two games, 
and it may be worth your time to be healthy. Uh, but I, I, I we've you seen Adrian Martinez play through near death, and he didn't play in Fort Worth last weekend. So I was uh, I was pretty upset about that. But uh, that's at least my working theory of uh, in the brain of Keegan Renault. All right, I'm sold. Give me K State. I was I swear I was about to go with Gundy. I love Gundy, but no, forget it. We're going with K State. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. Keegan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Philip, you know exactly where I'm going with this one. I Oklahoma State's passing offense is their biggest increase from year over year. I have a tweet out there that says, "Is this going to be the year from three years ago? Is this going to be the Oklahoma State's offense gets better?" I said it two years ago. I asked the same question last year, and it kept getting worse. It's finally better this year, but now they're going up against a defense that is among the best passing defenses in the country and allowed efficiency um, and allowed passing yards. Uh, Daniel Green. I will say TCU's run game did not pick up until number 22, as well as number one, Josh Hayes, their starting safety, uh, were injured in the game. So TCU TCU really didn't get going until everybody got hurt in the second quarter of that game last weekend. Um, but I don't know if Daniel Green's healthy. I, Josh Hayes, I think, will play this week. And it sounds pretty good on Julius Brent, but he was obviously dealing with a hamstring injury and allowed a touchdown to Quinn Johnston while – pulling and what looked like it appeared he pulled his hammy so there are some injuries on Kansas State side I'm a little bit worried about defensively but overall you're looking at a, an offensive line from Oklahoma State that should be overwhelmed at times um in this one with the group that Kansas State has I don't know if you, we've all been kind of waiting for the turnover machine to turn back on Spencer Sanders a little bit. It has at times the last couple of weeks. I think this is a really, really bad matchup for Oklahoma state. I've got this game out of, out of like a pick them two and a half anyway. So I'm, I think the line's fine. Um, I just like Kansas state in this matchup. I think Adrian Martinez is going to play. I, I'm not a huge fan of Oklahoma state's defense, even though they did have success in the second half last weekend. I think Kansas state's got probably the best offensive line, defensive line combo in the conference. Philip, you can remember even from the preseason, that was what was carrying me on the Wildcats. And so I think they get it done this weekend in a big way and get one game closer to really almost cementing themselves in a big 12 title game rematch with TCU. All purple in Arlington. Could be, could be Chris. Look at this. OU guy not liking someone's defense. That's uh. It's bold, but <laughs> no, uh, but no, hey, I was all is... over how bad OU's defense was going to be the first seven games of the year. I was, uh, none of it surprised me all that much. No, uh, no, I, I got to take shots at OU when I can. Oh, uh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys pretty much hit this nail on the head. I do think Howard's going to play if, uh, Martinez is unable to, but I, I mean, I kind of suspect Martinez is going to play kind of, kind of the same thing with like, Oklahoma State hanging out. Will Sanders or will he not play? And yet he keeps walking around on the field. Man, this is tough. I was actually impressed with with Oklahoma State last week. I took Texas. I thought Texas was going to win by multiple scores. I was. I did not think Oklahoma State had much of a chance in that game. And yet here we are. They uh, they they put Texas away. I I think Oklahoma State might be. I'm afraid to, to start believing in this Oklahoma State team. I think we're always on the fence on just how good are they, and I think last week they showed us a little bit of that. Uh, as the dog, I think we're going to take the Cowboys in this one. Okay. Well, Oklahoma State plus one and a half. Uh, some fun stats for you. Oklahoma State is 13-3 and three against the spread in their last 16 on the road against winning teams. Kansas State four and one against the spread in their last five at home. Oklahoma State five and two straight up in the last seven against Kansas State. These are two beat up, banged up, bruised up teams. 
offensive line pro issue, defense for both teams, quarterbacks are beat up. I, I, I can't imagine Adrian Martinez or Spencer Sanders did much in the way of practice this week. Most They both pretty much just spent the week sitting in an ice bath for Sanders, hopefully under the neon palms. I, man, I don't, I think Kansas State's the right side here, and I do. And at one and a half, it feels like the right way to go. But I'm having such a hard time counting OSU out. So instead, I'm actually going to take the under 56 and a half. I do think this is a lower scoring affair. I, I, I know we've I've said that a few times and it has panned out. But I, I get the feeling with the way I think OSU will give up a couple of big plays. I think Kansas State will hold OSU's offense down a bit. I think OSU's defense will make adjustments. I think this is a low-scoring affair. I don't think it's won by more than a touchdown. Um, and I kind of see one of those, like, K-State gets a score right at the end of the game to pull off a, a one-score win. I, I'll take the under. I think that's the best side uh, of this one. Uh, Keegan, I know you need to bounce. So do me a favor real quick before you go. we got a few left to do. Uh, let's get your thoughts real quick. UCF uh, versus Cincinnati. Uh, Two future Big 12 teams facing off in, the, in their final year of the AAC. UCF, a one-point favorite at home versus Cincy. What you got here, bud? Yeah, I think UCF's a pretty fraudulent football team for the most part. Like, I hate to go strong that strongly with it. But I was backing Cincinnati last weekend, and they decided to uh, do what they did on their final drive, which is not like a Luke Fickle team all that well. Uh, I think Cincinnati's front, um, their defensive line, and that front is going to be really problemsome for a UCF team that – tries to run the football and establish that phase of their game. And I think Cincinnati's offense is a little bit better than what people give them credit for really windy game in Fort Worth or in, uh, in, in Dallas last weekend. And it may have skewed some data for Cincinnati's offense a little bit. Uh, I like Cincinnati. I have it among my picks this week. I added it very, very early. Um, and so I like the Bearcats. I think it's at, they're an underdog right now. I even got them at minus. I got them as a one point favorite. And I'd probably continue to take them. If I could get even that plus money, I'd feel better about it. Uh, I believe I have Cincinnati uh, plus one for you. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'd be fine with that either way. Thought you might be. Okay, Oklahoma on the road in Ames versus Iowa State. OU currently a one-point favorite there. Uh, when I see that, I see a pick em. It looks like it's pretty much a one-point or a pick em. Yeah, and I think the craziest part is that Circa Sports on site out in Vegas, you've got Oklahoma as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Way juiced, but they're just not willing to move that line um, all that much, and they're a respected book, I think, amongst the betting market. I think Oklahoma is in a very interesting situation from an evaluation perspective here, Philip. but I know because you read me, you know where I'm going with this. You have two games in a quarter with Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma running, um, or you have – Two full games with Oklahoma running an even front defensively and with Dylan Gabriel healthy. You have, of the last four, you have one and a three quarters of a game where Oklahoma's playing with a backup quarterback and a defense that they're probably not going to run the rest of the year. So what do you do with Oklahoma's data uh, from a perspective of we really have seen like three different Oklahoma teams in seven games. And so I think their, their evaluation, I don't know what you do with them. You look at SP plus they at bill C's got them. I think it's 17th in the country. You look at beta rank beta rank and that within season data is all there. I think in the lower forties. And so I think it's really tough to properly evaluate where they're at. I will say this, 
My bias with Oklahoma lies in the second half of the Kansas State game. I think Kansas State has the best defense in the Big 12. Kansas State was completely healthy, uh, and Oklahoma ran all over them in the second half, as well as moved the ball with ease. They had no issues at all. Um, and guess what? Iowa State runs that same style of defense. I think Matt Campbell is going to keep it close. I honestly believe Oklahoma's worst path in this game is by getting up early and forcing Iowa State to throw the football. You kind of want Iowa State to play your game. You, you don't want Iowa State to get off and be a little – get off their tendencies. And and if Hunter Deckers throws the ball 35, 40 times in this game, I think that's an ultimate problem for Oklahoma. Um, but I'm going to go with the fact that I think Matt Campbell is going to play Matt Campbell's game. Um, and I think Oklahoma is going to play their game. I think they're going to run an even front, which I think is going to make it really tough for Iowa State to run on them. Um, but obviously, if I would say wants to find some success, it's going to be through the air. I added Oklahoma at one. I thought this number would move closer to three and a half, four throughout the week. Um, but it's gone reverse. So I'm interested to see what, uh, you know, seems like some sharps and some power brokers in the betting industry have uh, made a decision on this game. And I'm interested to see it'll be it's an important data point game, I think, for both teams uh, for Iowa State and Oklahoma. I don't know if we have a really good feel on either of them. Uh, last Big 12 game real quick. I know you got to go. Texas Tech minus two and a half at home versus Baylor in the butt bowl. Yeah, I think the wrong team's favorite in this game. Uh, I kind of hinted at that earlier. I uh, Baylor, I think, is even still at the same uh, line that they were at early in the week. Um, I think ba Baylor's better on the offensive and defensive line. I think it's equal at quarterback. Style probably leads towards Texas Tech. But I think the wrong team's favorite in this game. I, I still like Baylor. I don't necessarily believe in them to make a run at the Big 12 title, but I do think they're a better football team than what the scores have indicated. You have to remember Baylor likes is very aggressive on fourth down, right? And so if you're trying to play against the odds or you're trying to play your odds right, when it flips against you, um, it could go really poorly, uh, as we saw a little bit in that Oklahoma State game, a little bit here and there throughout the year. But I think the wrong team's favorite. And if you gave me and said, this game is going to be normal. There's not going to be any crazy turnovers, special teams plays, whatever. I like Baylor up to about a touchdown. Um, but obviously you have to take into account that both teams are really aggressive on fourth down in this game. So it's going to be really, really tough. Um, I think even at the end of the game to have a really good feel on how each team performed if you just looked at the score. Um, but I do think the wrong team's favorite, so I'll take uh, I'll take Baylor. Uh, one non-Big 12 pick you got? I do, and I want to go all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska. They're facing a team in Illinois <laughs> that I think is still undervalued in the betting market a little bit, and I was really behind on catching up with how good Illinois is. I don't know if you guys – again, this is more my neck of the woods and what I do um, with RPM data, but Illinois' defense has like six or seven NFL guys that have just popped up out of nowhere. We're talking not just like a fluky thing defensively for them in Champaign, we're talking about them being really good defensively. And so I think that's going to give some Nebraska some problems. I don't like Nebraska in the trenches in this game. Illinois, I got them out as a seven-point favorite early in the week. It may still be there. It could be at seven and a half. I'd be fine with it either way. Um, I think Illinois is going to win by two touchdowns. Uh, I got you at seven and a half. There you go. That's fine with me. Kagan, I know you got to bounce. Appreciate you, man, everybody. Uh, RPM data is really cool. If you don't know about it, you can reach out to uh, Keegan and ask him about it. I'm sure he'd be happy to tell you. Uh, you can also follow Keegan, our good friend, on Twitter, at Keegan Renault. Renault is R-E-N-E-A-U. Keegan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, bud. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Sorry I have to leave out early, but yes, as always, Chris Daniels. Good chatting with you guys. Philip, thanks again for having me on, and you always know, just text me and I'll be there. Yeah, have a good one. All right, we will continue on. Thanks again to Keegan. Uh, Price pick, pick of the week. It's game of the week. 
is OSU Kansas State. So we've got a pick to make here. Deuce Vaughn, rushing and receiving yards over under 115 and a half. Now, of course, last week's did hit under on Adrian Martinez under 14 and a half completions because he didn't play for very long. It's the second time we've had an under hit because a player didn't make it through the game. Last time was Jalen Daniels on passing and rushing yards. Deuce Vaughn, 115 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined over under. Daniel, do I just go ahead and put you for a, a, an under? I, I, I was going to say, Daniel, you under. just want to play this to play it together on kind of three, one, two, three, under. 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 <laughs> Dash it. Dash it. Uh, if, if you have not been listening to the show, uh, now is a time to sign up for prize picks and, and listen because the under for us this year has only lost one time and we've been doing it for now nine weeks so we are eight and one on the under the only one we missed was Jalen daniels over under 180.5 passing yards back in week four i think with duke yeah uh deuce vaughn 115 and a half rushing and passing yards look again we we take no responsibility for your decisions but it's worked out pretty well so far. So we'll all take the under. We're just going to keep riding this. Of course, you can ride it as well at Price Picks, the best place for daily fantasy. It is you against the numbers. You go and pick an over-under. Pick three to five that you like, players you like. You can use it for college football, NFL, uh, NHL, NBA, baseball, whatever you want. They've got pretty much every sport imaginable. We talked about this, Chris, last week. They got fris- they got disc. Sorry, not frisbee. I know that that offends the frisbees, the disc golf people. They got disc golf. They've got women's sports. All you got to do is go to Prize Picks, download the app. There's a link in the show notes if you want. Download the Prize Picks app. When you do, use the promo code Network Twelve N E T W O R K One Two and get a one hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So if you deposit a dollar, they'll give you a dollar. If you deposit a hundred dollars, they'll give you a hundred dollars, and everything in between that you can use on Prize Picks. Just go. Deuce Vaughn, 115 and a half rushing and receiving yards. We would suggest the under. Do what's right for you, but go and sign up. You're going to have a ton of fun. Heard a lot of good stuff about prize picks. I've been enjoying it. Go get yourself signed up. Use that promo code and do not miss out on that 100% deposit match. They'll have college basketball. That will be Daniel's bread and butter, which we'll be talking about more coming up here in a couple weeks once it kicks off. We've got college basketball, men's and women's, if you want to take part in that as well. Okay, we got a few games to get to, and uh, I should have brought the power cord because I'm going to make sure that the surface makes it all the way through this recording. Uh, next up is Central Florida UCF versus Cincinnati. As we mentioned, UCF currently a one-point favorite over the Bearcats. Over-under in this one is 56 it's weird that some of them don't have a total. It just says pick. It's pick, even. Pick, 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 pick. No, 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 on the total. They don't have a total number. It just oh, says pick. gotcha. I see what you're saying. So I've only seen like three books that have the number. I see 56. If that's the case, I'm going over. Um, <clears throat> you can't go over pick. That's not how this works. At uh, least one point will be scored. I'll bet on it. Uh, Chris, it is your turn. Man. Uh, <laughs> what would you like? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we heard uh, we heard Keenan. Like, I mean, what are we gonna say? I don't know anything about these two teams all the way this far into the season. I just don't know what we're gonna get out of either one of them. Cincinnati is winning. Why is this game even? I don't. 
I don't like this line where it's at. Also don't like that. I keep picking the road team in these close lines. I'm going to take UCF. Something seems weird with this one at home. Uh, ESPN uh, FEI actually really likes UCF in this game for some reason. And I'm going to take UCF. Uh, okay. UCF minus one. Um, I don't trust UCF. Now look, last week's game, don't let the final score confuse you. John Rice Pomley turned the ball over four times. That had a major impact on the outcome of that game. UCF's defense, which is what has been the backbone for this team because the offense is massively inconsistent. The defense had a bad game. It's going to happen. They're going to come home. This is a big game. Maybe they're looking forward to this one. Looking ahead, Cincinnati, I still think, is going to make the title game. It's either going to be against UCF or Tulane, most likely. I... I just I don't trust UCF. I don't. I, I they're an inconsistent team. They could play a great game. They're good in the second halves, except for last week. They have been. I don't trust them. And I and while I again Cincinnati, I I don't want to try and spend the time pulling up their. Well, let's just pull up their against the spread record. Like they're two four and one because they just don't cover, but they win. Like, and that's the problem with betting on Cincinnati is like, I don't, if I could just bet them straight up, then I will, because I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win this game. They opens the two point favorite that made more sense, but I get them as a dog, even on the road, I will take Cincinnati to continue their ridiculously long AAC scoring or winning streak. I'll take the Bearcats on the road. Daniel. I'm going to the over here, especially if you're going to let me grab that circa 55.5. Yeah. Um, so, like, the front seven rushing defense is a little bit of both these these teams' strengths when you profile the defense. So, it just feels like a game where, A, either both coaches are just going to run into a brick wall over and over again. Now, it could happen, sure, and then the game's probably going to go under. But to find offensive success with such a short line where they might be trading scores, I think both teams need to look to passing, and especially Cincinnati passing on UCF. Uh, that's where they're going to find their most success. So this feels like a game where both teams can end up in the high 20s and will end up in the high 20s. So give me that over 55 and a half. I like it. Okay. Uh, we move on to Ames. Iowa State and Oklahoma both coming off of their idle week. Oklahoma currently a one-point favorite on the road against Iowa State. The over-under in this one has disappeared on me. 56. 56. Very yeah, nice. Flat. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's me first. Okay, I have some things to write off. This is a matchup of strength versus strength. That's Oklahoma's defense versus Iowa State's offense. And weakness versus weakness, OU's defense versus Iowa State's offense. Iowa State's defense, number seven in stop rate, number 10 in defensive EPA per play, number nine in defensive FEI ratings by both football outsiders and BCF toys. Let me talk about Oklahoma under Dylan Gabriel. Let's set aside the games Gabriel didn't play. Now, against UTEP, Let's use the FEI defensive ratings. UTEP's defense, 112. Kent State, 117. Nebraska, 101. Kansas, 107. TCU. Remember, Dylan Gabriel played for most of the first half and was, for the most part, ineffective. Their defense was ranked 14th. In FEI, Iowa State is ranked 9th. This is the best defense in the Big 12. We keep saying it. It's the best defense Oklahoma has faced so far this season. They get Dylan Gabriel back. Here's the question for Iowa State. They are getting healthier. Matt Campbell has said as much. I talked to our buddy Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Natty Light. He says so as well. Not healthy. They're not 
I wouldn't say use the word healthy. I would say they are healthier. Run game has been an issue for Iowa State. Keegan's right. If they try and ground and pound the ball, the run game has not been effective for Iowa State. They've got to throw the ball to win in this game. So what can Iowa State's 53rd ranked offense do against Oklahoma's 74th ranked defense? Because that to me is the question. Iowa State will slow down Oklahoma's offense. Can the offense for Iowa State do enough? Here's the other big question I'm going to pose. Oklahoma's special teams, it's pretty good. They're, they're fairly high ranked. I'm not going to go pull it back up. I think it was top, they're top 20, if I recall correctly. Iowa State special teams are ranked 115th. Iowa State special teams, um, Matt Campbell, during a press conference, said that they felt that they had success on special teams. Let me give you the FEI special teams rankings uh, for Matt Campbell in order from 2016. 2016, 8th, very nice. 2017, 62nd. 2018, 66th, 2019, 84th, 2020, 90th, 21, 101, 22, 115. Their special teams cost them games. For a team that plays as many close games as Iowa State does, a season. They've already played five one-score games this year. They average about six a year. They've played five already. They've still got like five games left to go. Having special teams that bad is costing you games. Iowa State would win more games if they actually would put something into special teams and made them not absolutely god-awful. Oklahoma special teams are pretty good. Iowa State's are pretty bad. I get a bad feeling because my head says Iowa State's defense is good enough to get this win at home after a week off. My great fear in this game is Oklahoma has a big special teams play that changes this game. That's my big fear. I think Iowa State should win this game. Their special teams is so bad, it scares me that Oklahoma's is effective enough to pull off a big play that gets them to the edge in this game. This game will be close. I think Iowa State should win. With that point total, which I think I can get a... I I don't know. I'm going to take Iowa State. I think they should win this game. I do. I think they should win this game. But I'm I'm very worried about Iowa State. They've been doing all they can do right now is lose like one, two, three, seven point games. Uh, Daniel, this is a tough matchup here to cap. Um, the short line, obviously. Uh, let's also just celebrate that fact. I mean, this game is basically, we got Oklahoma at Iowa State, Iowa State 0-4 in conference, and this game's a pick em. Come on, we did it. Sooner's in the mud. You'd love to see it. Um, I actually think this is another situation where this game is going to go over. Iowa State, I think, is going to be forced to pass, and I don't think Oklahoma's D uh, is as good as – well. I know Oklahoma's defense is not as good as everyone was hoping that it would be this year. And so a path to success for Iowa State will be to throw the ball. And I think Oklahoma's going to be able to also move the ball on Iowa State. Again, we're going to see teams trade scores, a very similar game script to what we just talked about in the UCF game. This game's going to go over the number of 56. Give it to me. Chris? Yeah, I really like that pick with the over. Uh, because I do a thing. I I agree. I mean, this is a little strength on strength, but there there should be points in this one. Uh, Keegan mentioned that he thought OU 
we're going to see OU go on a little run here, get some wins in their belt. Like OU typically does, no matter how bad they start, they typically get it together uh, by midseason and, and, and make a nice little run. And even when you think they're down and out, somehow find a way to win the Big 12. I don't know if that's possible this year, but this is a game we're expecting to win. The only problem with that is I was at the, the Oklahoma-Kansas game, and Kansas is better QB play away from that being an entirely different game. I would go as far to say is they had a chance to win that game with a little bit better P- QB play. Um, there were just throws, there were just misses by being it just, you know, he's not Jalen Daniels and and that's okay. Um, but I think I think Oklahoma caught a break there. Also coming off the break, both teams off a of bye. Uh Daniel, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but what's Campbell's record coming off a of bye? Oh, no, no clue off the top of my head. Okay. Okay. I, I like it. I, I, you know, at Jack Trice, uh, give me Iowa State. I think they get the win here. All right. I like it. Uh, the Butt Bowl. Huge game this year. Absolutely massive. Baylor, not completely out of it for the Big 12 title game. Needs to get this one. Texas Tech coming up a massive win over West Virginia. This game is insanely close. The line is two and a half in favor of the home team, that being Texas Tech. Uh, the total in this one, 62 and a half. Um, I think it's your turn, Daniel. It's three overs in a row. What is going on? Gosh, dude, it's opposite day today. Yeah, I picked BYU minus three. It is opposite day. Um. Texas Tech, you need the last month. after one and seven. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Look, <laughs> Texas Tech, um, in the last month, their pace on offense has just skyrocketed. And um, I haven't seen a ton of people talking about it, but like in between snaps, there's something like 20, 21 seconds or something like that. They're getting into that, like when Chip Kelly first brought out what he was doing up in Oregon, they're getting into like serious speed on Texas Tech. On, so I, I think they're going to keep that pace this week against Baylor and try to keep that defense on their heels. On the flip side of that, Baylor's passing game is actually been okay this year. And we have a situation where Texas Tech is sort of in the lower third of defenses, uh, even the lower quarter, of giving up explosive plays. And so I just feel like with Texas Tech's pace and Baylor with some success through the air and Texas Tech – um, just registering a lot of explosive plays. You get these teams starting to trade scores. Both these teams end up in the 30s. We go over our number of wherever we're sitting, 62 and a half, 63, wherever we're sitting right now. 62 one of half. these teams, yeah, yeah, one of these teams is going to get into the high 30s. I don't know who's going to win, but these offenses are going to take somebody there. So give me that over. Chris? Yeah, I just don't believe in Baylor. As, as good as you think they are on paper, this is a team that lost to West Virginia. You know, like they're they're just super inconsistent, and they. I, I think we accepted this a, a few weeks ago that they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. And I'm not going to just jump back on this train because you know they beat Kansas. Um, Texas Tech. I mean. Oof, this this is one low spread. I'm just gonna take the home team because I, this game, legit, I mean, it can go either way. It can do anything. I I don't think they, anything's off the table with the outcome of this game. 
So I'm just going to take the home team and cross my fingers. How tight is this game? Okay, so three different people who I respect to put out their projections each week. I'll start with Parker, you know, at Stats of War. His advanced stance preview has Texas Tech with a 50.26% chance to win this game. A point differential margin of 0.09 in Texas Tech's favor. Let's go to BCF Toys, who I mentioned. That would be at their FEI projection. Uh, Baylor with a 50.7% chance to win at a projected point margin of 0.2. Let's go to Bill Connolly, creative S&P Plus. Baylor as a favorite with a 57% chance and a point margin of 3. This one's going to be close, boys and girls. Real close. I'm not touching it. I'm taking the over with Daniel. I absolutely agreed. You mentioned the uh, speed with which they are playing. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Hummer, whose name, first name just completely escaped my grasp there. And I'm really sorry about that, Chris Hummer, on Twitter, uh, who has been tracking points per or plays per minute. He had it in 2021, and he's been tracking 2022. He was nice enough to share his data with us. No team has seen a greater increase from 2021 to 2022 than Texas Tech. 2021, 2.27 plays per minute. 2022, thus far, 2.87, a full 0.6 plays per minute more for Texas Tech. They go on a whole lot faster. Oklahoma is second in that in 0.59. Oklahoma State at 0.47, the next biggest increase from last year. And they are the fastest team, by the way. Oklahoma State at 2.88 plays per minute. Texas Tech at 2.87, OU at 2.84 this year. Next closest is Texas at 2.41. They're going a whole lot faster, to your point. I think this is a higher scoring game. I think Tech's figured a lot of things out. I think Baron Morton's probably going to be the starting quarterback. I like the offense with him there. Baylor is suspect to give up big plays. I don't know which way this game goes. I would lean Texas Tech. I think it's going to be a close one. I will take the over with you, Daniel. All right, that leaves our non-Big 12 pick, boys. Uh, Chris, you're up first. What would you like? You know, I had some success last week going against Boston College, and I think we're going to go back to that well. Um, yes, the you UConn, sicko. <laughs> yeah, the, the, well, I mean, the UConn Huskies, they're, they're, not, they're not a good team, but they're doing well against the spread, and Boston College is not. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to take uh, – uh, UConn as the as the home team and, and take the points. I think it's at, I can get seven and a half. You can, okay, yeah, you can. And, and get the, I like that little half point cushion. So I'm going to take UConn. Okay, uh, Daniel, taking a total here. We're grabbing under fifty five and a half in South Alabama Arkansas State game. Um, South Alabama is a big road fave here, and their strength is sort of you know turning into that bow constrictor in the second half when they have a lead. Uh, there is supposed to be rain. There's going to be 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. This is just a situation where it's going to be hard for Arkansas State to find success scoring against South Alabama. And even though Arkansas State, uh, they have a weak defense, so South Alabama is going to be able to move the ball. It's not South Alabama's game to go be putting up, you know, getting into the mid-high 30s and running it up on somebody. They'd rather just move the chains, you know, j- just keep moving the ball, hold on to the ball, and really suffocate a team in the second half with the lead. So 55 and a half with the weather seems high to me. This should be 51 and a half, 52. Let's go cash that under. 
every time Daniel talks about 10 or 15 mile an hour winds, I don't know if it's the Oklahoma in me or what, but every time I'm like, so there's a breeze. It's nice, cool breeze. <laughs> so, hey, hey, it's hard to play college ball in a cool breeze, okay? It's hard for these guys. I have been terrible this year at my non-Big 12 picks. In fact, one of the reasons I've been successful in the past is I've done a good job with my non-Big 12 picks. Very bad this year. Very, very bad. I have missed my last four in a row on ones that I felt pretty confident on too. Um, So I don't feel good about anything here. So I'm looking at a couple where I just kind of off the cuff go, um, okay, if you say so. Um, And so I'm, I'm torn. On the one hand, I don't know why UCLA is only a 16 and a half point favorite at home versus Stanford, who is not good. UCLA coming off that loss, I would expect them to rebound. I don't know why Arizona State is only as a 13 and a half point favorite over Colorado. I know it's on the road, but Colorado is like Arizona State's not great, but Colorado's absolute worst. I don't know. This is this is terrible. And I have to make a pick because we all need to get out of here. So I am literally gonna just scroll to something blindfolded and point <laughs> at it. And he's gonna cash it. Oh gosh. <laughs> He's doing this on video too, so we can tell if he's actually. Yeah, he he hit it. I have landed on North Texas, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a ten point favorite at home versus North Texas. Um, give me Western Kentucky minus ten versus North Texas. That's what I'll take. Don't ask me why. Don't don't just because I, I got nothing. That's what we're right with, because I don't know any other way to get these right. So we're just going to start trying random things. I don't. Uh, if I could spin a wheel and try it, we would, but I don't. I don't. So uh, that wraps us up this week. You guys are awesome as always. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you again to our good friend Keegan for popping in for as long as he could. We went a little long today. Nah, we're all right. I don't care. We have fun. You all enjoy it. You don't care how long we go. You can follow us on Twitter at 1012network, in the number 12, the word network. Don't forget to download the Prize Picks app and use that promo code NETWORK12 for fifty or, uh, <laughs> for 100%, 100% deposit match up to $100. You can get 15% off your first order at Homefield with NETWORK12 as your promo code. He is Daniel Alexander. You can follow him on Twitter at DannerB7. Ask about the Slack shot if you want some betting advice. The other guy you have heard is Chris Ross. That is at Chris Ross Sports on Twitter. Ask him about disc golf. He knows a thing or two. If that's something you're interested in. As I said, 1012 Network for us. We will be back on Monday. Uh, We should have a big announcement that I am very excited about coming up at the perfect time of year. Uh, So you're going to want to tune in on Monday to find out about that. And we will talk to you again then. Sports Social Podcast Network.